Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, with Budgets Made Easy, and this is the place for those in their midlife empty nesters to really learn how to take control of their finances in this next chapter of their lives. And today I'm really excited to get started on talking about mobile home investing. You have probably heard about just regular real estate investing, single family homes, apartments, duplexes, those types of things. But today I have a very special guest to talk about mobile home investing. And we have Rachel, who is the author and real estate investor. She has experience as a executive in a fortune. 500 corporations, extensive training in sales and marketing, and she is the author of Adventures in Mobile Homes, how I got started mobile home investing and how you can too, and the Real Estate Investing Sucks series of books. Her advice has been featured on The Motley Fool, Forbes, Go Banking Rates, and several others, and she is at adventuresinmobilehomes.com if you want to learn more about her and her journey and getting started in real estate investing in mobile homes. Now, before we dive into her interview, don't forget to come follow me on Instagram at Budgets Made Easy. We are going to be doing the once a year sale on the budget planner very soon. I'm very excited about this new design. It will be on sale this month, so keep an eye out on Instagram for the details coming for that. Now, here's my interview with Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much, Ashley, for having me. I'm really excited to talk to everyone and share everything I have uh, to have I, I know about mobile home investing and being a real estate investor. Yes. So we connected over the debt to wealth bundle and you had included your kind of like getting started course with mobile home investing. And I was like, Hmm, mobile home investing. This is interesting. I never see people talk about it. Like people always talk about like single family homes or, um, you know, apartment complex, like those types of uh, real estate investing. And so this is a very different perspective. And as we did a couple live sessions together, which you can go back and watch on the Budgets Made Easy Facebook page, um, you know, just sharing your journey. I was like, I've got to get you on the podcast because people don't, think that real estate investing is something that they can probably get into, especially debt-free. And you're doing it debt-free, um, which is really amazing, especially in today's market. Like everything is so freaking expensive. And so the fact that you are um, doing it debt-free is another thing that I really want to talk to you about and kind of dive into how you got started and all of that good stuff. So before we kind of dive into that, can you just give us kind of a background about you and like how you got started for those that maybe didn't hear your story during the bundle series? Sure. So it's funny that you talk about single family homes because that's kind of like the entry point as a real estate investor. Mm -hmm. There's always people looking to buy and sell their own personal residence. Now yeah. you can take that a step further, you know, uh, investors, but everyone is looking for a home in America to buy, or if they have one, they're looking to sell, you know, depending on circumstances. So I got started first in single family homes. And basically what I did was something called bird dogging. And bird dogging is basically, I go out 
and I look for deals for other real estate investors. I did that for uh, you know quite some time, and I got paid every time an investor I would bring a, a deal to them, and they would close on the deal. Oh, so yes, I got paid for that, and I'm just really good at talking to people, finding motivated sellers. I do have a background in corporate sales. I was a business to business executive for Fortune 500 corporations, so that helped with the cold calling, the door knocking. That's pretty much how I got started as a real estate investor. And then from bird dogging, I became a wholesaler. So I basically did the same thing, looking for deals for other real estate investors that I met at the real estate investment club that I was a part of, you know, locally. And basically I took it one step further. So I basically put these homes under contract and then I would assign my interest for a fee. They call it flipping. It's you know, assigning your interest. Well, basically, you're getting paid to find deals, but you're putting your name on the contract and assigning your interest in the contract to these investors. So I did that for a while. I loved it. Like love being out in the field. I think I talked in that debt to wealth bundle. I am just not an office person. So I just love being out in the field. I'm super extroverted that way. And I built a cash that way. And once I built up a certain amount of money, I then started to buy and hold single family homes as a landlord. And but one of the things about being a single family home landlord is, you know, they're more expensive single family homes and it's hard mm -hmm. to buy them all with cash, you know. And I was super young at the time. I started very early on. I was 24 years old, <laughs> um starting as a real estate investor. So I built up the cash. I started buying slowly single family homes, became a landlord, but I had mortgages on all these properties. And so every month, you know, I do get the rent, but who's the first person to get paid? The bank. So I learned from that experience that, you know, it kind of ate into my cash flow. Some of these homes were in HOA, Homeowners Association. So I had to pay the Homeowners Association fees. At one point, I brought in property managers, but they got their fee too. Mm -hmm. And so it was eaten into the cash flow. And, you know, I was thinking there's got to be a better way to do this. So it got to the point where I got to be a burnt out landlord. Um, people, you know, everyone was getting paid first before me. So I decided to cash out on my entire real estate portfolio of single family homes, sold the entire portfolio. A lot of people think this is crazy. Um, at the height of the market, before it went down, right before it went down, um, made a bunch of money, 200000 in cash. And I kind of sat on that and I stumbled upon, um, it's called Deals on Wheels by Lonnie Scruggs. And that was my start into learning about mobile home investing. It was a course. Now it's a book, Deals on Wheels by Lonnie Scruggs. But basically, it, the whole thing is about buying these homes for cash, not having a mortgage on them. And then if you want cash flow, just offering them for owner financing, you know, being the bank, because the bank is the first person to get paid, you know. So I did that. And I started this in 2007. And now it's 2023, and here I am on a podcast telling y'all about my story. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. One thing that I thought was really cool about your story was 
that you just kind of lucked out to an extent by cashing out before 2008. And we kind of touched on that before, like that was just kind of luck. Like you didn't necessarily see it coming or like, oh, I got to get out of this like now because the market is going to crash type of thing. It was just like perfect timing, right? (laughs) Yes. I think it took everyone by surprise. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So um, you, you've already kind of answered this, but I did want to touch on a little bit more about um, why you're not using loans. Like obviously you did before, uh, you know, the bank got all the money, but a lot of people, when they talk about real estate investing, those that are trying to like get people into it and teach them about it, you know, they talk about, oh, you know, take out loans, like don't use all your cash type of thing. So what are some of the benefits besides obviously you getting paid first? Are there anything, is there anything else that you really like about, um, not having loans, um, on your properties, um, as either just like the risk level, uh, you know, cause some people say, well, I can make more in the stock market versus maybe not right now. Cause interest rates are pretty high, but generally speaking, that's what they always say. I can make more in the stock market. So why would I uh, put all my cash into real estate type of thing? So what's your perspective on that? Well, one of the things I have to say about that is, you know, as a buy and hold, you know, mobile home investor, things are always going to come up. Expenses are going to be there. You know, you're going to have vacancies, you know, when you're fixing up the property. And whether that home is filled or not with a tenant or a buyer, someone's still got to be paying on the mortgage if you have a mortgage. You know, I do have friends that are other real estate investors and, you know, every year because they're, you know, they're single family home, you know, landlords, they got to fill their properties with someone else if their tenants leave every single year. But it's super stressful because they still have to pay that mortgage. And I have investor friends in the state of California and like that mortgage could be like a single paycheck. (laughs) So they really got to hustle to do their make readies. You know, a lot of them, they end up, you know, hiring these make ready companies because they're faster at doing it, you know, but then that costs money. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. I've taken back homes as a mobile home investor when, you know, I've had to go to eviction court. I've had to evict tenants. Um, You know, circumstances have come up where people had to move because of a job relocation, divorce is high. Um, you know, they had to take care of a family member, whatnot. But while that unit is empty, if I've got a mortgage and I've got to be fixing up properties at the same time, that could be a lot of stress on a person and also with a family as well, too. So that's one of the things that maybe a lot of people don't hear when some of these real estate investing seminars or courses talk about, sure, it's fine and dandy until something goes wrong. So just having the mortgage eliminated or not there is one less thing to stress about. Another thing I wanted to talk about is I buy mobile homes in mobile home communities where I buy the homes, but I don't own the land underneath them. So there's something called lot rent. So basically it's kind of like a rent 
to have the mobile home sit on top of that lot. And that goes to the mobile home community. So when I have tenants in these homes, they pay, you know, my, you know, my, my portion, but then they also pay the lot rent to the community. But when these tenants, you know, leave the community, leave the home, someone's got to be responsible for that lot rent because the home is still on top of that piece of land that goes back to me as the homeowner, as a mobile home owner. So that's another expense. So imagine having that, fixing up the home and a mortgage. That's that's a lot of stress mm-hmm. <laughs> on a person, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, so just out of curiosity for myself, uh, are you paying the lot rent from what they pay you in rent, or do they need to do they pay that separate? Just curious. I've done it both ways because I've had some parks that just are not comfortable with the person, the tenant paying them directly. But nowadays, since I've already been doing this since 2007, I'm an established network of communities. Everyone knows me in my local area. Uh, They just basically pay it. Uh, the tenants in these homes. And if for some reason, you know, they don't pay it, I get alerted. And then I have to deal with it with the tenant. And then it's just a matter of me just covering that and then, you know, taking them to, you know, eviction court. So, um, but no, basically, and they know they're instructed. I mean, it just makes sense since they're there. Mm -hmm. I will also add that I am in communities that are considered for and five-star communities, kind of like a hotel. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. In the beginning, I just kind of did whatever deal I can have. And I would, I had some deals in low-end parks. There's one deal that comes to mind. It's called my $2,000 nightmare. And basically I just did business in the wrong park. Uh, that didn't fit my personality. I'm more of a corporate type. And that's the type of people I'm comfortable more with a higher end type of clientele. So I started doing more business in four and five star parks. And they kind of it's kind of like a hotel or, you know, like, you know, more of a higher end type of clientele. They actually have to do the background checks on on these uh, prospective residents. Okay, so you're, you know, completely different, um, you know, group of people that you're working with versus a low end type of parks. I'm not saying low end, high end, which is better, but for me. I tend to want to work more with higher end types of parks and they are corporate owned, a lot of them. So, and that's just kind of how I, I operate, you know, versus I do know some other investors that they prefer those low end parks or middle of the road. That's their bread and butter, but it really depends on the personality. So I, I will stress, you know, kind of knowing what neighborhoods to work with based on your personality, what you're comfortable with as an investor. Gotcha. Yes. I love that. Now, the other question I have, and probably a lot of people think is that mobile homes are not going to, um, they're a depreciating asset. So kind of what's your perspective on that, especially when you are investing in mobile homes, kind of what's, what have you seen so far? Yes, they, you know, from the county perspective, they should depreciate in value, kind of like a car. The pro of that is you pay less in taxes, 
the con of that, it's a depreciating asset. But I will say about market value, it's dependent on what people are willing to pay for. So right now, the market is kind of high all over the across the country. So even in affordable housing, manufactured housing, these values are pretty high up there, you know, for used mobile home. So right now I had mentioned in the debt to wealth bundle that I'm doing something called wholesaling, which with mobile homes, which I started with single family homes and people are still willing to buy these manufactured homes at these prices with cash. So I'm making money on that end as a wholesaler in, you know, manufactured housing right now. So either way, you know, I think you can money, make money with any market, any niche, as long as you're knowledgeable about the niche and then knowledgeable about the market. So, so is it really, um, like passive income? Because it's to me, real estate, it could be if you have a good tenant that stays there a long time, you just kind of collect the checks. And if it's a newer house, it doesn't need a lot of problems. My concern just from like an investing standpoint would be that it's not really passive income if you're having a lot of turnover and stuff breaking and just you know, like you said, the background checks and, you know, fixing stuff when people move out and all of that kind of thing. So do you consider it passive income? Uh, that is a great question. No, the only <laughs> thing I consider passive income is if actually you're a silent partner and you just lend money on something and then you get some kind of return, kind of like stock investing, and then you just get dividends. Real estate investing, mobile home investing, it is a business. So like any other business, you have to watch your business. You have to actively watch your business. And it's not passive in the sense of, oh, I just sit back and collect checks. I still have to stay in touch with my contractors if something happens. I still have to stay in touch with the mobile home park managers because they're the ones that go out. They do the inspections of the outside, the inside of the homes. And, you know, we are people. It's very subjective. But I do notice uh, if they see me or hear from me on a regular basis, sometimes when they do their inspections and I talk to them, like these problems go away because they see me, you know, I have to talk to my resident and tell them, hey, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, we're just people and the fines are not there versus, you know, other investors. Oh, my goodness, I just got fined and blah, 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 blah. So it is very much a people business. Real estate is a people business, including mobile homes, which is super niche within real estate investing. So uh, to answer that question, no, it is not. It is not completely passive. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you explained that because I, I'm always seeing stuff uh, about it being passive income and I'm like, there's no way that that could be passive income. Not if you like, don't want to lose a lot of money with, yeah. So, um, what kind of makes it different from like regular single family home investing? Because, you know, you've said a couple of things that I didn't realize that is kind of a benefit to mobile home investing. Like they're like the, um, the, uh, oh my gosh, the lot people, the managers, property, kind of like yes. a property manager, like they're Park going managers. out and checking on stuff. They're doing the background checks. Like that makes things to me a lot easier. And you're not, it sounds like you're not actually paying them. The tenant is paying them with the lot rent. Is that how it 
Is yes. that, am I understanding that right? Yes. And they do their application to the park, but the way it is, is when I have something perspective and I just decide to go with them because I do have open houses that basically um, I do my check first. And then if they do, then they spend the money and do the additional background oh, check okay. with the park. But that's kind of like a double, you know, guarantee. Oh, you know, okay. I've already done my background and they do appreciate that because they just don't want to go through all those applications. So. No kidding. Okay. <laughs> so you are still doing some of that front uh, load work with the back. Definitely not okay. 100% passive again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. So, um, since you've kind of done both sides of investing with mobile homes and single family homes, um, what are some of the pros to doing mobile homes versus just regular single family homes? One of the things I love about mobile home investing, it is a super niche. So your competition competition is not going to be as much as single family homes. A lot of real estate investors in general kind of look down on mobile homes because they don't know it. They are unfamiliar. They hear stories about it depreciating and mm -hmm. horror stories of tenants just ruining these homes. And yeah, that does exist, but that also exists in single family homes, right. you know? <laughs> exactly. So I think there's just kind of this negative stigma uh, of mobile homes, of manufactured housing. But, you know, the people who actually see value in it are the ones who actually grew up with it. So there are investors who grew up in these types of communities. There are actually generations of homeowners who grew up in these types of communities, and that's all they're buying, you know, and that's all their relatives are buying. That's all they know. You know, for me, it was single family homes, but for for some of these people, it's manufactured housing. Another pro to mobile home investing is I'm working in these communities, but in order to work in these communities, you have to get the okay from the mobile home park manager, the owner. Oh, yes, you can work in these communities. You can oh. do business here. And again, it's going to be subjective, whether they like you or not like you. So, and I teach about that, like how to get through the door with the mobile home park uh, manager. It's more of an art than an exact yeah. science, <laughs> but it's definitely a people business. So most real estate investors, they're not even willing to do that. Go right, that step, right? you know, to get into the door. So that's just less competition as an investor. And then the last thing I will say about mobile home investing, since it's a niche, not many people know about it. So basically you are gonna get to know, it's a very small community, everyone in your area, all the mobile home dealerships, all the communities, all the contractors, everyone in that business locally. So that's what I really like versus single family homes. I mean, it's huge, you mm -hmm. know, the industry is huge. So, um, yes, there's less, but it's a super niche. So that's awesome. So I know you have the course, but can you give us a couple tips for somebody that's maybe listening to this and is like, okay, they had been considering getting into real estate investing and like, maybe this would be a better option for me, how to just kind of get started or maybe some things that they need to do like first. Yes. Well, with anything, you know, you know, as an investor, as a real estate investor, the first thing, you know, would be to look at your income, how much income is going in, how much income is going out. Do you have money saved up for investing if you're going to be buying and holding? 
if you do, then the next step is to learn about whatever niche you want to get you're interested in, whether it's real estate investing, mobile home investing, whatnot. But if you don't, then, you know, you've got to, how am I going to build up cash through my job, you know, or a side business, or maybe what I, I did as, you know, starting out as a bird dog, looking for deals for other investors, and then becoming a wholesaler, which what I'm doing now with mobile homes, which is a super niche in itself. So, are you going to buy and hold or do you need to build up cash? Pretty straightforward. Now, if you want to get interested, you know, uh, learning about this niche, I do have a podcast, Adventures in Mobile Homes, and I go over a lot of stuff in that podcast, including my own personal mobile home investing journey, real estate investing journey. And then I also have a book, uh, Adventures in Mobile Homes, How to Get Started in Mobile Home Investing and How You Can Too. So I'm sure you can, you know, <laughs> link that up yeah. uh, for the uh, listeners here. Uh, but I would start out with that. And then from there, just get the education and then make a plan to get started. There's no rhyme or reason to real estate investing. There's no playbook. Uh, it's just, you know, getting started, getting the education, making the plan, going from there, taking action is the most important thing. And then just learning from your mistakes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's life in general, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, as we wrap, wrap up here, I do want to kind of touch on some kind of get your one things. Uh, so what is one thing that you wish you knew sooner about? It could just be real estate investing in general. Yes, and I did mention this in the when I spoke at the debt to wealth bundle, but I did learn about passive income through Robert Kiyosaki and reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, that book. But you know, before this, I thought, yeah, passive income's everything. That's all I want. Passive yeah. income, blah, 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 blah. Until I became a buy and hold real estate investor, buy and hold mobile home investor. As a landlord, things come up you know, water heaters break, you know, you need the roof replaced. You know, I had a rat house, which is in, you know, my podcast, uh, they were 10 rats in there, the tenant left, and it was just a mess, you know? So, you know, passive income's great, but you still need, you still need, and this is very important, active income, to cover those times when you have these big expenses, you know, roof, $10,000, you know, where's that going to come from? You know, and this is something, I mean, especially if you're doing a single family home or even commercial, I mean, that's probably way more <laughs> expensive yeah. for those your, your repairs. But this is one thing that you don't hear uh, a lot about, you know, you know, it's all about passive income, but active income is very important. So whether you're a high income earner from your job, or you have a side business, or you do what I'm doing, which is wholesaling, uh, you have that active income coming in to cover those times when you have these expenses go up. And it's just kind of nice to have both, you know. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I did focus just on passive income, like, oh, no, I don't want active income because I, I have to be there. But even with the business, I have to be there. So it is active income. You know, it's good to have both passive and uh, active. And I wish I knew that earlier. Awesome. So now what is one thing that you are glad you did at the time along your real estate journey? 
Sure. I am glad that I started early at 24. I know that's super early, but you know, I will say for those listeners who are not that young, you can start whatever age. Um, the key is to start now, whether it's educating yourself, listening to this podcast and making a plan and just deciding which way you want to go. I think we had mentioned in the Depth to Wealth bundle about Colonel Sanders. Was he 65 mm-hmm. when he started? For Yeah, I want to say chicken? he was in his 60s. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And look at now, everyone knows what Kentucky Fried Chicken yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> so it's never too late to start. But I, I am glad I started early at 24. Yeah, yeah I, I missed out on life. Uh, you know, uh, there's pros and cons, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. I wasn't, uh, you know, doing things that a lot of 24 year olds are doing. I was like on the streets looking for deals for other real estate investors. So there's at least it was a positive thing you were looking for on the streets. (laughs) Yes, exactly. 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 Now, what advice (laughs) would you give someone that was just starting um, out that either you wish someone would have told you when you were starting or that someone did tell you when you were starting that was really helpful? Sure. And this is like, I really believe in what I'm about to say, because when I first started out, you know, I listened to a bunch of, you know, seminars and real estate investing gurus. I went to classes and read books and did things the way they did it. But one thing I wish I knew, and this only comes with experience, is that I really needed to take a look at my personality. I'm an extrovert and build my business around my personality not the other way around. And that was a big mistake I did because I did a lot of direct mail. I did a lot of when I talked to sellers trying to establish authority, which didn't work because I look super young. So it just did not work. I was doing the same style as some of my mentors who were more experienced. It just didn't work for me. So yes, it's good to listen and educate yourself, but you really have to bring your own style to your business and also, you know, how you invest and present yourself to sellers if you're going to be doing this as a real estate investor, mobile home investor. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Uh, So I also always ask people as we wrap up, uh, what is a nonfiction book that you would recommend? And it could be to help get started um, with real estate investing, or it could just be, you know, self-help, self-improvement, some of the nonfiction. Sure. Well, what comes to mind is obviously Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And even if you've read it, I've actually read it multiple times. And every time I read it, I get just different perspectives because of, you know, my experience. You know, I also um, suggest, you know, with the networking involved in mobile home investing, how to win friends and influence people by, I think it was Dale Carnegie. Mm -hmm. So that is a really good book as well too. So I know it's an older book, but it it actually is very helpful, um, especially if you are interested in investing in real estate. Real estate, no matter what people tell you, it is a people business. So (laughs) Yes. And I'm glad that you uh, tell people that because not many people do. Um, So what resources do you have to help somebody uh, get started in this? I know you mentioned the podcast. Um, What else, what do you have? Like if somebody were 
wanting to learn more about you and what you're teaching, where do you, where do you want to send them? Sure. They can go to my website, adventuresinmobilehomes.com. I started out as a blogger in 2007. Now I have the podcast, but there's also a free training class on there as well, too, if people want to learn how to get started in mobile home investing. So awesome. And what uh, social media do you like to hang out on or where do you want people to follow you? Sure. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And my handle is mobile home girl with a U. Awesome. And is there anything that you want people to take away from this episode that maybe we, I forgot to ask you or we didn't touch on? Sure. No, I think we touched upon a lot of things. I think the key is that it's not perfect. Uh, you look at people out there teaching, whether it's real estate investing, anything in business, and they look so polished out mm -hmm. there. But honestly, behind the scenes, we all make mistakes. What you thought you, was going to happen doesn't usually happen. Or where I thought I'd be is not where I thought I would. Like, I thought I'd go into apartment buildings from single family homes, just like the, the cash flow game, the Robert Kiyosaki mm -hmm. cash flow game. Like, you know, buy four single ha family homes, buy an apartment building or a hotel. I thought I was going to go that route. But life took a turn. And here I am talking about mobile home investing. So the key is to just adjust, just adjust, get started, learn as much as you can, take action, you know, make the mistakes that you do learn from those mistakes and adjust and just keep moving forward. That's all I have to say about that. Well, that is awesome. So I appreciate you coming and sharing your experience and your journey with us. And um, thank you for everything that you're doing. You've definitely opened my eyes to another uh, area of real estate investing that I had never even thought of, you know, so thank you for that. No problem, Ashley. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks to Rachel for coming and sharing her experience and how to get started in mobile home investing. Uh, I just love her story and she's so much fun to chat with. Don't forget to go follow her on Instagram. And while you're there, check out Budgets Made Easy and make sure to follow me there to stay up to date on things happening outside of the podcast. Of course, if you'd rather see our faces, go follow on YouTube as well. And I will talk to you soon.